Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our campaign is entitled Intersections. It's part of World War Cthulhu Cold War series. Matthew Sanderson is our game master, and this is episode nine. Our recap will be given by Thomas McKeon as his character, Agent Steve Combs. So without further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Tom. Thanks, Tom. So I actually will not be doing it as my character because uh, a lot happened last episode with the majority being interacting uh, with the willing KGB defector, Vladimir Kazakov. Um, last episode began with everyone at Aigu's bookstore just after being cloaked by Dayloth. Being cloaked means that we can move freely around without people or beings with the ability to see time locate us. The group agreed that this would be useful while they investigated other, uh, the other cults, but Dr. Jacoby proposed something that could be even more useful. Jacoby wondered if it would be possible to actually communicate with Dayloth and ask it questions, or if that was reserved only to Aigu. To that, Aigu said that she would be willing to show Jacoby and all of us, but it would be difficult. Apparently, Dayloth must make both a physical and psychic connection to whoever asked the questions. The more difficult the question, the more Dayloth would need to take as tribute. Dayloth can also only answer in yes or no questions. Despite this, Jacoby said he'd be willing to put uh, peril, he'd be willing to peril into the unknown. Aigu then gave Jacoby a book, one he was familiar with during his studies on Dayloth in the episode prior, called The Heavens Beyond the Veils. This book is obviously a priceless artifact, one of a kind, handwritten and antique. Aigu insisted that once we've accomplished what we needed with Dayloth, we return the book intact and unharmed. After this encounter in the wee hours of the morning, the group went off to meet Kazakov at the Graveyard Cafe. They met him there, and he told the players the same information we already kind of knew. He was defecting due to moral obligation because he brought something to his superiors at the KGB that they refused to act on. As a sign of goodwill, Kasikov gave up the names of several informants he had turned. It's not clear as to who all is actively working with the KGB and who was tricked by Kasikov's performance as a CIA agent named Adam. Some of the names were people we were familiar with, such as Pamela Courtney and Solomon Akmechi. Akmechi. Yes, I got that right. I did it! Uh, others were people we hadn't met such as uh, Stuart Jameson, a lawyer with the American consulate, Vahit Majay, I can't pronounce these names for the life of me. I can't do it. Uh, a detective with the Istanbul police force and a young prostitute named Sedeka Alap, Alap, I want to say, yes. I did it. Matthew's nodding and nodding. He says I did it right. Uh, all these contacts are people we should follow up with, but the group needed more. Through a little bit of prying, the reason for Kazakov's affection was revealed. Kazakov discovered that the Brotherhood had access to a nuclear device. It was their plan to transport this bomb to Istanbul and then detonate it. This would, no doubt, be a triggering incident. With an explosion going off in Istanbul, NATO's closest stockpile to the Eastern Bloc, it would most likely be seen to the United States as an attack. The result would be catastrophic. Kazakov has every belief that the Brotherhood mentioned was the, Brotherhood, the Black Brotherhood, a terrorist organization hell-bent on creating chaos. To Kazakov's knowledge, 
the nuke is being transported on a ship called the Heart of Havana from Cuba. It was now obvious that Kazakov was an asset, and the team got all they needed. They left with everyone going their separate ways. Jacoby, Postgate, and Volkova were studying the book. Everyone else was doing their own thing. I don't know what those things were. They were not extrapolated in the last episode, so that's what we're going to end it. Right. Thank you very much, Tom. So, from from my memory, we left with you having a look through having your lexicon and trying to decipher the various parts of the heavens beyond the veils, and realizing that part one of the main components for the uh, beseeched Eloth spell is that you have to have a pentacle of the planes, otherwise the spell becomes in pretty much instant death if you tried to cast it. Correct. Yeah. Con either constructed myself or possibly utilizing uh, eye goals. Yeah, there's there's definitely the possibility um, as you read it that you don't have to build your own one. It has to be one that is there. And, and I'm hoping she she guides me in its proper. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm still thinking most of it's superstition. <laughs> but okay, it, it has the kind of the set dressing of superstition, although it's written very much like a scientific text. So it's a it's a weird blend between the two. But that was yourself. I remember Postgate looking into this because you're using your cryptography skill to help um, help decode it, or at least translate it rather. And there was one other person that was having a look at it as well. Oh, was, uh, that was Natalia. Uh, oh, there you go. Yeah. So the three of you have been uh, with the book for a few hours after um, you left the restaurant, the uh, Pierre Lotte Cafe. So, uh, what was LeBeau up to in that period? I'm very much, I don't know what the word is, worried, panicked, uh, <laughs> that we've just been handed a clue that there's a possible nuclear threat that's due to arrive here any minute or even may have already arrived. So I'm, I'm racking my brains as to who do I tell and what do I do? I think you had put through, because uh, I know definitely people were mentioning it, uh, put through a request to the um, to the consulate. Right. To we wanted to get eyes on the heart of Havana. Yeah. To find out where the boat was and when about it was going to, uh, to turn up. Mm -hmm. Yes. You will get that information about mid-afternoon um, after they've contacted the likes of um, basically mid-Atlantic shipping to find out exactly where, or at least have a rough idea of where it's going to turn up. It is anywhere from between three and four days away. So it has not turned up in Istanbul as yet. That is a, that is a certainty. Okay. Does that give us a vague geographical location? Yeah, depending on speed, depending on the, um, depending on weather conditions, and then how long it takes to, um, to shift it um, between various ports. It's going to be around about the kind of Bay of Biscay, um, Rock of Gibraltar, kind of opening to the Mediterranean at this point. Mm -hmm. okay. um, it has a couple of minor stops. Now, we weren't so much worried about the heart of Havana itself. That was the trigger, correct? When it yeah. arrives is when they were going to set off the bomb. Yeah, the bomb was going to be transported to the... By train. Um, yeah, that's it, to the Hyder Passer station. 
and then from there because it's part of a large port com a deep sea port complex as well would then be loaded onto the boat the boat would go a certain distance up the bosphorus to get to a point where it would do the most damage and then blow up oh so the so the bomb is not currently on the heart no, no. oh okay i misunderstood, well, we don't, I misunderstood we don't that as well yeah. we don't know whether it's on a train bound for Istanbul, or if it's already in a warehouse somewhere. Okay. Uh, yeah. in, in oh, that's right. Weren't we talking about the containers yeah. and yeah. kind of like Geiger countering them and seeing which ones glowed or had, you know, uh, trace <laughs> radiation as opposed to spiked radiation? Exactly. But, but Matt pointed out that there will be shielding unless yeah. it was a dirty bomb. And if it was from Cuba, it's probably not a dirty bomb. Well, yeah, you, it the wouldn't be in favor of it having shielding. It wouldn't be from Cuba. The heart of Havana is the boat coming from Cuba. It doesn't have anything actually to do with the bomb. Well, if, bomb I mean, if it's... Came on train. If it's the Black Brotherhood, um, and their intention is to cause um, chaos and panic, with an act of terror. To, to be honest, a dirty bomb would be ideal for that. I mean, that's a dirty bomb is more of a fear-based weapon than an actual threat. I mean, it's it just you know, so. And uh, it does the most damage. But can but can a dirty bomb? Radiographic um, scrap is easy to find as well. But. Can you make a dirty bomb that has the same potential nuclear devastation as an American, NATO, or Russian bomb? It's, it's far no. more devastating, though. It's a, a regular nuclear bomb going off just does the damage that the nuclear bomb does. A dirty bomb is dirty because it has all kinds of isotope salts uh, that are themselves radioactive, and it just throws them everywhere. The whole area would be destroyed for thousands and thousands, millions of years, maybe. I know, but what I'm pointing out is um, what we've established is that Dayloth predicts that this would trigger the apocalypse. Possibly. So it would need to look like on either on the NATO side, because it's bombing a NATO state, it's bombing the NATO stockpile. It would need to look like a, a, an attack, which means it needs to be able to do the same, just the megaton damage of not not the not the long term fallout, but just the the normal megaton damage of a detonation. We don't know what size it is, but yes. Yeah. And wasn't wasn't a gate mentioned? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, last episode, it was mentioned that. I believe that if the bomb went off and something about the apocalypse, like a gate would happen, I don't know. Matt can back up, me up on that. The, the reference to the gate came out of the conversation with uh, Eigel stating yeah. that when they had more of an idea or certainty when the bombs were going to start dropping or when the uh, when nuclear war was going to start, they were going to open up a, but uh, to summon Dayloth to rip open a hole, a, a gate between the waking world and the dreamlands on the Bosphorus Bridge that opened in November. 
it was the way then that they could control the flow of people going through the gate on either side so they could get to the citadel and then close it when it basically when time ran out. That's what it was. There was also the mention of uh, Yogg-Sothoth, the gate and the key, mm -hmm. the Lurkron threshold uh, last episode. With the information that we've gotten from, from uh, Kasikov, could we in some way, and I'm, I'm speaking to all of our, 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 our characters, is there some way that we could combine this with Eigel's knowledge and ask Daleth a number of pointed questions to try to locate the bomb and destroy it? Yes, but it would mean very physical and psychic damage to whoever's asking. Because if we continue asking questions, that's just going to continue mounting and mounting and mounting. Well, I'm wondering if Eigel has already asked some of these questions, only she didn't know what we knew. She might not know how the bomb is going to come into the city and so forth. And so she can't ask a question she doesn't know. But now that she, now that we, we know and we could tell her, we could ask far more pointed questions. Uh, is it on dock eight? Is it on dock nine? I don't, I don't know what the, the docks look like. And I'm sure in Constantinople, there's probably 5,000 docks. So um, there's a lot. Um, but you know, it's, it's the old game of 20 questions. You can narrow it down if you ask the right questions to almost the pinpoint of where the damn thing is. We could simply ask, is it, will we succeed? Does Daoloth know the future? What's the probability of our, well, I don't know. It, it depends on how we ask the question. Yeah, phraseology um, is going to be your extremely important. Yeah. This is one of those. Would a member of the other tribe say that <laughs> the, the classic yes or no question? Well, I think I think the problem is that there's there's, there's a, a with with that kind of stochastic prediction, there's, there's a temporal element as well, isn't there? At, at any point when you ask the question you'll get a certain outcome. Then depending on events immediately after the point in time where you've asked the question, the outcome could be um, drastically different. Right. The butterfly flaps its wings in Brazil and everything changes. Yeah, I, someone, I think that's... cat gets in Oslo. I think that's why they refer to it as probabilities. Because they can't give you a definite absolute. They can give you probabilities of it happening. Possible futures. Okay. Um, so we've got LeBeau is, uh, say, in contact with the consulate, getting the information then about where the heart of Havana is. Um, what's Ian doing? Uh, I think I'm just going to... I'm going to focus my efforts on the train and the heart of, heart of Havana right now. Uh, I don't really think that Kazakov gave us enough information on the train to kind of be able to pinpoint it. So I guess I'll focus on what I can and uh, keep tabs on the boat and 
you know, see what happens, I guess. Similar to Robert, then you you get the info come through to state to where it's where it is roughly on its trip. Um, having a look into the Hydropassa station, it is a massive transport hub. Um, mm -hmm. Getting an idea of which train it could be is literally exactly. like in a haystack. Exactly, because we don't have a timetable. We didn't have it's arriving from Istanbul to here at this time. He didn't really have a lot of detail. He just yeah. said it's coming by train or it's it's already arrived by train. He just knew the mode of transport as opposed to when. Yeah. Having a look, um, this probably takes about an hour or so, having a look through real detailed logistics of what happens with that amount of transport going through the station. Um, you think if it's going to be delivered and then put onto the, uh, put onto the boat, it's probably going to arrive fairly close to the time it's then um, put onto the boat. Right, they don't want it just hanging around. They don't want there to be a lot of dead time between it arriving here and then getting put on the boat. That's my assumption. It's also that with how the goods are taken off the train, they'd be craned off. There are, there's a huge, mm -hmm. uh, almost like a forest of cranes over that area. That you would lift it off the train and then put it into like a staging area. And from there, it would at some point then go onto a boat if it was regular cargo. This this is not regular. Um, they will want to try and get it on as quick as possible, rather than it being held up for an indeterminate period of time. When it's the longer it's around, the 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 larger the possibility of detection, even if it's just stumbled upon through sheer dumb luck or a random uh, security officer or somebody who just gets lucky, to be honest. Yeah, a customs check. Opening exactly, yeah, yeah. But get it onto the cranes and then get it onto the boat. You do it in one go rather than two. You're more than likely going to, uh, you stand more of a chance of getting it onto the boat within the time frame that the boat is going to be there. And Dr. that's if they decide to put it on the boat, right? Yeah, unless Dr. they change. Dr. Volkova. Um, you're the closest person we have to a nuclear expert. Um, would a, a device like this, since we, since, since the heart of Havana is going to be the trigger that they're going to blow it up when that arrives, um, is the nuclear, you think the nuclear device would be on a, a timer or do you think it would be radio uh, remotely uh, detonated? Um, Something like that be possible? Should I roll my uh, skill on that? Because, I mean, for me, I mean, me personally, I would say uh, it's hard to say. Um, I would have to know more about the, the individuals who are, are planning to do this attack. Um, are they the type to stick around and themselves up as well or are they how sophisticated are they as yeah. far as bomb building is concerned that yeah well if it's if it's in let's say a shipping container mm -hmm. it's not likely that they're going to actually physically be able to get into contact with the bomb well if it's in a it shipping off. well that, that's i mean it's an interesting thing uh a point that you make um if it's in something like a shipping container, I think that they're more than likely to have it on a timer um, rather than radio. Uh, Except that they wouldn't know when the heart of Havana was going to arrive. Right, right. I mean, unless they had some 
what um, I'm, you know, prior to that. Where I'm going with this is, let us assume, just one one possible assumption, is that the bomb is on a radio controlled, uh, that they could detonate it when when they wanted to, uh, at the exact place where they wanted to. You mentioned the Bosphorus. Uh, They want to blow it up where it has the most effect. Mm -hmm. What if when the heart of Havana arrives that uh, we install some sort of CIA jamming device that prevents the radio from activating the bomb? Right. This is the reason why I I would think that they would have it more or less on a timer or or detonated a different way. Um, There are many ways to interfere with that. Uh, So, I mean, as a fail-safe, if they're smart, uh, they would probably have a different means of uh, detonating it. You're probably right. They would probably have a timer as well that would go off in five days regardless of whether they had set it off or not. You're probably right. Well... But I mean, it's I'm, that being said, we should still, you know, have a uh, a plan to have some sort of jamming device or something like that. It's you know, we're going to discuss all this with the CIA, aren't we? Yeah, but, I mean, not the not the uh, the eye gold part, but the the fact just that there's the, a bomb. Yeah, the you know, anything that's not attached to elder beings and stuff like that anything that's not section 46 we can strip it and give it to them for public consumption so to speak yeah um, i can assume then if you want you can arrange an evening meeting uh with leighton and then you can basically download that to him at that yeah. point so you've still got a few hours then while translation is happening while robert and ian are looking over the info regarding the trains and the um, and the shipping. Uh, what's Eamon doing? Um, hello, anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure at the time he... Okay, so you shared all the information. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think he's... I'm not sure how good of a liar he is. I, what's, the, what's the lie says at Fast Talk? Yeah, it's, that's the kind of the... the the general lying skill, yeah. Can I roll it? Yeah, what, what's your um, intent? I, I, I just think when he hears about, so when he hears about Pamela before it's made clear, he, he might just crick an eyebrow or just have a little bit of an alarm. Just, you know, because I feel as though he was getting close and then he hears about this possible turncoat nature, even though not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Then he probably tries to keep a smooth face, but he might give it away. I don't know. It's, it's probably not a big deal, but he's probably like, Oh, really? Because, I mean, he was on security detail. He didn't actually hear the conversation up close. He had to hear it secondhand from the group later on, correct? Mm-hmm. And, I, I mean, he could be a good liar. I dropped my dice on the floor, but I rolled a Not six. Not a good liar. <laughs> I, rolled, I rolled a six as the first number, so he would have been like, he would have shown on his face, he was like, bloody hell. <laughs> Women. The death of me yet. It, it it did seem from uh, the discussion that they had with Kasakoff that he had deliberately tricked her in with this persona of Adam, hinting very heavily that he was CIA and that she thought that she was effectively working as part of the special relationship between the US and the UK. She thought she was doing the right thing. 
I thought she basically she was thought that everyone here is on the same side, it won't hurt. Mm. Obviously, that she's been completely duped into this. And when he gets the, when he hears that part, he probably calms down, but and, and takes a long drag. And maybe it's not important to the group, maybe it is, but it's like it's almost a sign of weakness, kind of like in his own eyes. He's like, ah, oh, crap, I let myself get already too close a little bit, you know, just out with outside influences. And then I think that would change over and he would become really interested. Uh, most likely when Jacoby mentions the thing about um, the, not because it is, but the brothel and Abdullah. Mm-hmm. Okay, and especially if you mention anything about whatever your scientific name is for him, the fish people. The Andreans, yeah. Yeah, I'll never get it. This is what he's saying, Carrie. Like, yeah, Rich, I don't care what the name is. Fishmen. Fishmen. I'm interested in that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that really- I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, that that definitely is the one I think that would perk, perk your interest, given that the uh, the conversations that have been had that link him, at least in some fashion, with uh, with deep ones. So yeah. when are we going to pay him a visit? I'm well, that's coming up. Yeah, like tonight, and, an hour. My, my character is aware that you're interested, so he'll. Uh, you know, and you're my, you could be my security, whatever. I'm not exactly sure how we should approach that, but uh, uh, we're going to have some time. I think we should go talk to uh, uh, Saduka a lot. And uh, I don't know. Uh, there's the other connection too, which was the conversation we had in the, at the dinner or that I overheard with, uh, uh, Saladin, Saladin, Suleiman, Suleiman, Suleiman Vecchi, and uh, there he is. Okay, Fahid Demerji, right? Um, talking about if the fish people want a pyramid, let them have it. Or so there's some fishiness going on. Something fishy is going on. Um, so you basically say, yeah, we'll do that at some point, but we're not doing it. I'm just right not now. sure if you have any suggestions as to how to handle it without. I have a feeling they're an incredibly secretive group. And if we, if we, as I say, queer the deal by saying too much too soon, we might not, uh, we might not get anywhere. Well, is it the whole brothel that has a secret? Is it just this one lone? Uh, prostitute, or is it the Pintman? Well, we definitely know that uh, that um, Abdullah knows something. He had the piece in his pocket. He was the guy on the airplane. We could get him alone in a room and interrogate him. I, I'm really off. I'm all for about, it. I'm afraid of that because I don't want to alienate these. These might not be hostile people at all. We might be friends with the fishy people. Who knows? He can't be that good of a person. He's a pimp. Now, I know that uh, scum. That Postgate also wanted to follow up on Silverman. I know that that was discussed last episode. Oh, uh, yeah. And... Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah. I think I think between, really, between the two of us, we should um, probably do that. I know originally I suggested that I should go and well, you suggested that you wanted to take care of that, so I, I confided in me. But um, when it when it comes to actually questioning him about these um, 
fish people of yours. Um, you, you know far more about it than I do. Well, I think that maybe don't mention it at all, and hopefully at least little clues will come out, you know. Well, he certainly knew that he was going to come up on our radar. And uh, there's also that other woman, Bert, Bert Gazi. I, uh, uh, Steve spent some time with her. I should like to ask Steve if there was anything interesting that came out of that conversation. Well, I'm not here. She shares the last <laughs> name. Oh, you're not there? I mean, I, I, we haven't gotten to me, but I am not here. Thomas is, 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 is getting people on the right track, but Steve is not here. Where are yeah, you? I was going to leave Steve till oh, last. But oh, I you're, still, what he's doing. you're still gone. He's gone a lot. Well, he's, he's with, he's with uh, the, the Berengazi lady, and she well, the same last name as one of my assistants, and I, I well, find that very interesting. For clarification on that, I was there at the graveyard, and at Igu's, uh when we got back, we, were, we separated. Uh, when everyone else left, I went and did my own thing. But we'll get to that. Okay, okay. Yeah. So we'll find out from him later what's going on with that. Um, I mean, I think Eamon, basically, to get back to Matthew's original question, <laughs> gathers all the information, has those discussions, says, yeah, I want to be involved in that later. We'll figure out how to best approach it, who we want to talk to, and what we want to try to glean from the situation. And then just kind of sits back and relaxes and kind of listens to you guys uh, decrypt the, uh, the book hey, for a bit. Eamon, what size are you? Size? Close. Large? I might... Uh... I might have a uh, a lab coat that would fit you. I'm thinking, what if we went to the brothel and offered uh, medical exams for all of the prostitutes, just, you know, to make sure that they were, we could ask them questions. And I mean, it would be a way in without having to actually have sex <laughs> with the, uh, the prostitutes, which I'm not interested in at all. Um, I'm not la I'm laughing, not even. Um, yeah. Um, my size is 70, I guess, in mechanics, so he's a mm. good size guy. But, like, we'll find something, you'd be my assistant, you could just, you know, right. me stuff. I, I don't know, we'll, we'll work that out, but I think that might work. That might work. I'm down for it. I cannot wait to see that. I can't wait. Somebody gonna think you're a medical. Hello, lady. There's a sand hit waiting to happen just for that, really, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be a special, like, um, special scene there. Is that yeah. your your plan is to go in there with with what gloves and a bag of specula and. Can't wait. And and be like, um I don't know. So Amy, what? what's that thing called there? The line know. forms to the left, ladies. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm I'm working things out. Who knows? Start thinking about it. All right. So yeah. Yeah, I love that idea. I can, I can speak enough Turkish that I could uh and with the state medical uh we're offering. So Who knows, maybe Yeah, there, there's a, there's an ethical dimension to this though. What's that? Well, I mean, what, what if you go in there and you are actually required to? I mean, you're going to end up doing the the, the inspections. I'm a biologist. I've I've 
Yeah, you're I've biologist. Seen. You're not a gynecologist, though, are you? I mean, there's like a there's a wait, wait, only yeah. when it comes to fish people. We have so many jokes. Uh, we also have Doctor Volkova. Maybe she could go along. Yeah. Oh, good. She's oh, physician. good. I'm sure she wants to do that. Boy, she's signing up for that one. You know, well, actually, this, this is the sort of idea that destroys careers. Actually, you're and countries. You've probably touched on something that that wouldn't work, and that's the fact that doctors. I, I don't know what how strict they are in Turkey at this point, but ladies would probably have lady doctors. You know, because men looking at naked ladies would be, you know, verboten. Yeah, I mean, for I don't know what what the Muslim, what Muslim law would be, but I don't know what it would be like. Turkey was kind of progressive, but still more likely that they would have a female nurse at least. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. But anyway, mm-hmm. I'm I'm on board. Good. Okay, in which case then, while you're planning and discussing uh, trying to get lab coats sourced and so on, uh, can I have a luck roll from Postgate, please? Certainly can. Um, 31 out of 46. Okay. Um, at which point, at one point then, maybe for... I don't know, maybe five minutes, you end up going back to the um, to your apartment. Uh, to either freshen up, use the uh, use the restroom, etc. You're, you're separated away from the rest of the group for a very short period of time. Um, just as you're turning to go back out to the um, go back and join the others, either upstairs on the um, the patio on the roof or down in the communal area, depending on where you want to do your um, deciphering the book, um, you feel a sensation very much like you felt before when you activated the orb in your pocket. Um, everything start for a second just starts feeling very, very light around you as if gravity is slow, slowly weakening. And behind you, you hear something uh, very gently hit the floor. And as you turn around, you catch the briefest glimpse of Vahidi uh, reaching into her pocket and disappearing again. But there's a piece of uh, scrumpled up, uh, just a ball of paper that she's dropped on the floor. And it just bounces slightly and rolls to your feet. Well, that was odd. Um, I'll um, poke the bit of paper with my foot just to, sort of, just to make sure it's real. Oh, it's, it's definitely real, and it's only paper. There's not, it's not paper wrapped around something. It just appears to be paper that's crumpled up. But you do catch the occasional impression or ink coming through it that there's something written on it. I, I'm going to uh, un- unravel. I'll, I'll straighten that up, flatten it out, mm-hmm. and uh, have a look. Okay, I will do a quick share. This is what you see. I did not want anyone to get hurt. Please believe me. We mean you no harm. But if you get in his way, he will take action against you. He is watching me, even though I have done everything he has asked of me. If you are willing to help me get out of this, wear a red tie when I see you again, I will know. Please. 
Yeah. And that is, thank you for reading, that is all it says. Seems like a logical assumption is that's the last time you saw her. Um, I'm going to uh, change my tie. Okay, to a particular red colour, or <laughs> uh, to to a red tie. Yes, I think that's the that's the two two standards of, of any gentleman's formal wardrobe: <laughs> the red tie and the blue tie. There you go, <laughs> and, the, and the variety of stripy ties that almost look like club ties but aren't. <laughs> the old schools. <laughs> oh, yeah, and the old school time, of course. Got my old school time. No, no worries. In which case, then, um, you come downstairs or, say, you meet up with the others. Um, it's thought blatantly changed tie for some reason. Um, but about that time, that is when Steve gets back. And so pretty much you are all in at the apartment block at that point. So where where are we um, carrying out this uh, deciphering then? Uh, did we decide that? Oh, I think we're in my no, we're in we're in Natalia's room, aren't we? Where are we where are you move from? Are we in my room? Yeah, whichever. You're the one. Yeah, I'm the one going to become the next wizard of Istanbul. Waverly Place. Are you sure that's what you want to be doing? I I think I'm scientifically interested in this process, but we'll see. It could drive you mad. I'm or... keeping my yeah. I don't believe that. I I'm keeping my mind open. Um, this is going to be a whole set of rituals to flip a switch on a machine, probably, and we'll see. <laughs> So what are we doing next, I shout, as I sit down in the living area. I think we're debriefing you. Oh. Okay. But we should do it on the roof. All right. That is totally fine. Let's Come do it to think of it, uh, Robert, have you swept the, uh, the roof lately? We've been here a couple of days now. No, but I can yeah, because if anybody sees us going up to the roof a lot, then that's where they would plant the next bugs. Well, especially if you keep saying we should all go up to the roof to, to talk. <laughs> yeah, a Robert could have done a sweep on the area. There is nothing up there. And doing a good visual sweep around, there isn't anything uh, incriminating like a directional microphone that you see pointed at the roof. Um, mm -hmm. You are still pretty much that area is safe to talk in. Okay. Okay. Good. Well, um, that being said, then um, I've just had rather a strange experience in my room. Um, there, there was a, a, a very strange sensation. Um, it's almost like a weightlessness and then um, the woman um, 
the one that you saw outside the apartment and, and was with um, Ekmechi. Um, Bahidi De Mercy. De Merci, close enough. De Merci. Um, she uh, briefly appeared in the room, uh, dropped a piece of paper and disappeared again. And uh, this is the uh, the piece of paper she dropped. I'll um, I'll put it on the um, uh, top of the extractor fan, um, old oil drum, whatever it is we we use as a, I'm as sure a table beautiful. on the roof. A beautiful wrought iron table. With, uh, <laughs> it's like a garden up here. And um, this, I, I think she could be, uh, I think she could be quite useful to us. And, and judging by this, if she's having, if it is Ekmechi that she's talking about in this letter, if she's having trouble with Ekmechi. She could be um, turned easily. She could be turned, exactly, yeah. She's a, that makes her an intelligence prospect. And one that we'd be uh, well served to capitalize mm -hmm. on, particularly Absolutely. if we want to find out more about Akmechi. We can see from your red tie that you've uh, accepted the offer. How could I not? Really? Akmechi is also uh, linked to uh, MIT, the, uh, the mm -hmm. Turkish intelligence agency. Um, but he's also connected to. Uh, the the fish people but i don't think the fish people is really that uh important as to uh her the threat to her life it may be more connected to knowledge that a connection knows through mit It'd be plenty dangerous to everybody well so she's, remember she's connected with the fish people though i mean then these people move in strange circles. There's no telling what she might know about what's going on in, in Istanbul. I think we need to meet with her sooner rather than later. Is it possible she's just trying to get close to you to get you on her side? Well, I don't know why she'd choose me. I mean, I, I'm a very um, peripheral figure in whatever they're doing. I mean, why would, why would they deliberately bring themselves to my notice? Akmechi, I think, just simply knew that he was going to come up. But her, why was she there? What's her role in all this? Yeah. Too many questions. I, I, I favor uh, striking while the iron's hot. Right. Try and brute some answers out of her. Just you, or as a collective? Well, well, she's. I have a. I, I have a feeling she'll approach me privately at some function or other at some point when next our paths cross. I've no idea where to contact her. And well, she said she'd find you with the red tie, so hmm. she'll find well, you. She's safe. Keep wearing my red tie. Um, <laughs> Very strange. 
And um, oh, it's flat. Hang on. Has anyone got any Scotch tape? The the, the back of the tire keeps coming loose. I'm very interested in knowing what Steve has to say about his foray with uh, his date the other day. I turn away from LeBeau because we were having a, a, a conversation as you were talking, and I go, hmm, yes. Uh, you, uh, you went off with Miss uh, Bert Gazi. I'm kind of curious uh, what came of that. I mean, yeah, what well, important I, information? Came oh, no, we're dying to know all the details. <laughs> uh, I kind of hold up a hand and I say, uh, even nothing like that, uh, that happened. Um, of course. You'd, well, I mean, it did happen, but not the way you think. Um, me and Bergazzi actually know each other. Really? I didn't remember. It's been a while, but I actually know her. Um, she is part of the... Uh, God damn it. Uh, how is it pronounced? The uh, Caesarea, I think it sounds it, The Caesarea? Is it the Caesarea right now, or is it the Chiton? It's, uh, they changed mid-70s, so it's after when this is set. Oh, this is the Chiton now? Okay. So, so it's Caesarea now, it then changes name to... Oh, okay. So she's part of the Caesarea. Uh, do, do any of you know what that is? Mm. Okay, so uh, if I am correct, it is uh, basically the uh, Israel's um, secret intelligence service, oh, Black Ops. Yeah, more, more specifically, um, anyone that's got organizational knowledge near Middle East um, will know that it's a very covert, even to the point where some of the intelligence services even uh, doubt whether it does exist or not. Um, it's a very covert ops group within Mossad, um, specifically for counterterrorism, assassination, etc. Um, normally recruited exclusively from the um, the, equivalent, the Israeli equivalent of the SAS. Yeah, it's it literally means tip of the spear. Like they are the they're they they they, they go in and no questions asked. They do it. Um, which is how I know her because I am the my job description is much the same as hers wow. within the CIA. So there's a woman that's beautiful that is that important of a job, and you didn't remember her. How many hits the head have taken, Steve? It's been a while. Um, or, uh, it's been a while <laughs> since I dealt. It's been a while since I've dealt with uh, the PFLP, um, the, the the Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine. Uh, I don't know if any of you are familiar with that, um, but basically they just they want Palestine freed, and they have some connection with revolutionary uh, agencies, rebellions, and counterterrorism. She and I did counterterrorism together for a brief period, and we had a thing that I apparently forgot about. You've had a lot on your plate. What can you say? Again. How many hits the head? I go, I go, I, I travel a lot. Uh, and I just, you know, it happens. Uh, mm -hmm. But we essentially talked about why she is in um, Istanbul, because she believes there is some connection to uh, 
the Brotherhood, uh, the Dark Brotherhood, and a rebellion, or a, not a rebellion, a terrorist group in Israel currently that they're linked back here to Istanbul. Oh boy. So, Interesting. So me and her have kind of rekindled a little romance. We're looking, I would like to very, very deep, not deeply, um, look into the Dark Brotherhood, the Black Brotherhood, because we believe um, that it's the, uh, the Brotherhood of the Skin. That they're not actually gone. Oh, that could be. Well, do you have any evidence to support that? Though? She has not given me anything right now, but she is. Uh, she's on the level. That's all I, I'll say. But really, uh, she just given me nothing. We just had a conversation. We rekindled the romance. We're gonna dive a little bit deeper, and anything that I can that she has. She may give, but I don't know. Um, she's she, that's why she's her cover is uh, is uh, basically a mercenary, a bodyguard. For reference, we're talking about the woman who kissed me. I got gotcha. you. We're talking about the woman that kissed me in the bar. Um, yes, and passed me the note that said, "Don't trust him." Uh, and you got under her covers, so to speak. I mean, I sat on a, I sat on a sofa. She sat on the bed. Um, so. Are you sure you know how to do this? I'm a biologist, you know. Uh, it's been, what year is it? It's been about five years. No, hold on. If it, if, is it 72 or 74? 73. 73. I, I was close. So it's been... Four years since my time in Israel, so I mean, I, and it happened then. So, but me and like I said, me and her are going to rekindle something. I don't know if that's romantic or not, but well, if you think that it might be something that uh, that assists us in in our looking for things, that might work. Um, I don't. She's not just playing you to find out what we're up to. Well. Israel is definitely on our side. Um, the, the toppling of, of the regimes of the Middle East, um, anything, especially with uh, the Soviet Union invading Afghanistan, that's a problem. Well, I was referring more to uh, 46. Um, we don't really have political sides for 46. We're just, in, we're, we're saving the world. Oh, she definitely has no connection with 46 or anything like that. But she believes that um, there is some connection to fringe organizations, as uh, Postgate would say. Mm. Uh, but me and her are going to be together. She's going to be here. But I don't think that she will play. A, she'll be of any help or... I was curious because she has the same last name as my assistant. Yeah, she told me that. Um, and what she said was, um, I don't know if I want to see exactly what she said, Matthew. Because <laughs> it was a little rude. Uh, it was essentially along the lines of, um, what, what does it matter that me and my brother came out of the same vagina? Um, so I don't she, talk. She I, thinks I that uh, Demir is her brother, possibly. Oh, no, no. It's not possibly. He is. 
Wow. But there, but there, but she says, she says that there it is it is completely coincidence. She has not talked to her brother in years. They are not close. She has no idea. Um, she was completely shocked when I brought it up. Uh, I don't know. And she's like I said, she's on the level. Um, but she was compl- and she was completely like I said. She said she said this incredibly rude thing that kind of took me aback because it was her brother. But she says that there she hasn't talked to him in years. There's no connection there. No. I don't think. I mean, we can talk to the brother because I find it a little coincidental that he works with you and you happen to be looking into the fish people and we know that there is a connection to the occult in that matter. Demir doesn't really know anything about that, though. He's acting only as a lab assistant and he thinks that most of our, our research, my research is just into genetic anomalies and mutations and uh, um, I've never actually discussed directly with him. Yeah. About it's to be a it's to be a plant. Well, I, I don't know. Um Bergazi, uh she she just seemed surprised. She was just like when I said, Oh, your brother works for, for Jacoby, she was just like, What? I had no idea he was even in the city. That's well, a small world. Yeah. Especially the Middle East. Then again, it may it, it might might be more of a coincidence than you think. Demir and Bernd Ghazi are pretty common names. Well, true. So like there's more than one Steve Combs in the United States. I know, but it, she seemed <laughs> when when I gave the description, she was pretty certain. Like that's my brother. Fits um, his description. Uh, how do you know what my assistant? I, I, I don't, but let's just, me. let's just say that I was assured that it was the brother. I got divine intervention. It came down upon me and told if, me it's if, the brother. If, if, if you want to investigate me, you may do so at your leisure. I have no secrets. Except yeah, for anyway. secrets, but... Well, that's right. fine. But that is, that is the gist of what went down um i i really i really don't think i'm going to pursue anything more with uh Berghazi. in the section 46 maybe in the uh in, in the russian investigation um she may have information concerning the kgb but i don't think anything about 46 it's just well gentlemen she, what what do we do next exactly that's my question We've had an hour-long conversation up here on the roof. I have a question that going into this, I was told, this is sort of out of game, I guess, that that we were interviewing uh, the dean, um, and afterwards we were going to try to verify his information. Right. So do we have any way, or is there any information that we need to verify? Do we do the verifying? Uh, it, would, it would fall on you because you were uh, you were told right from the start that it would be pretty much your bag and your call that they weren't going to um, leave this to the local officers because it gave a a partially degree of separation in case anything went wrong. So they their assets remained intact on the ground, but also then that it seemed to be given a message that if people from directly sent from Washington or Langley 
um, are going there to do this job, they are taking it seriously. Well, um, I, I think that in one of the ways that we can verify his information is just to debrief um, his contacts, just talk to them, see what they have. There is a connection. The prostitute works at the same brothel as the drunken man you found on the plane. Um, we'll so take there, that one. So there is, there is a connection to the section 46 stuff. Um, and, I, and so I, uh, and of course, um, uh, uh, Solomon works with MIT. He may know something, um, but in my head, a clear way to validate his claims um, and kind of to work backwards and then find our own path and go forwards is Kazakov mentioned that he had another contact, a friend who died. He was assassinated. I can't, it's why I wasn't in the recap. I couldn't find that part and I could not remember his name, but from what I remember from the heated moment Kazakov had, uh, he had shared this information with a close contact who was assisting him. That contact and his wife died, and there was a map of Istanbul spread out on a table with Istanbul bl blacked out with like a cigarette. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the names for reference there. Uh, the main contact he had was. Um, Erdogan Bardam and the wife of Erdogan was Nesim Bardam. I'm never going to remember those, so we're just going to say Bardam. So yep. <laughs> uh, I'll go back and medically get them later. Um, I say that we look into Bardam. He, he clearly was, um, had enough information to, be war uh, to warrant assassination. We should figure out who assassinated them. Well, I think that uh, we should definitely uh, work on all of our projects. How about the rest of you? You want to take Bartim's combs? Um, uh, I can take Clebeau with me and uh, anyone else who wants to come. We want, uh, uh, Eamon has expressed his interest in, uh, in the prostitute, Pam. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's one way to put it, yes, I guess. We'll make a or in her uh, her slave master. That's another way to put it. So we'll go after those. See what we can figure out. Um, what else do we have? We have this uh, Stuart Jameson. And we have Vahit Maharishi. I feel like Courtney and uh, and Stuart. Um, they were just played. Um, I feel like they have information, but not a ton. Um, okay. But that's just a yeah, feeling. But there's also the fact that if people are in, if they're stationed in the consulates, then we sort of have an operational duty to act on that information. Yes. Um, or at least be... report that they've been turned. Exactly. Well, let's, let's clarify um, that Pamela and Stuart have not been turned to the KGB, they were tricked. Um, he, Kazakov posed as a CIA agent named Adam and went to Courtney and said, hi, I'm a CIA agent. Give me all this information. Maybe then, turned isn't the proper term, maybe compromised is the proper they definitely, term. They definitely were compromised. I think that the prostitute may be turned. 
as well as the detective because he straight up said, the de- I'm pretty sure you can correct me, Matthew. The detective know and Solomon both know that Kazakov is Kazakov. He literally was like, I'm yeah. Kazakov. Yeah. Um, so they may be informants, like legit KGB informants, along with the prostitute. Um, but yes, I, 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 I guess, yeah, turned is not the word I would use. Compromise, definitely. And we should definitely inform, debrief them and say, you were compromised. Uh, you need to give us any, any and all information that you gave to Kazakov <laughs> to us. I, if no one else, I could deal with Pamela. I mean, Courtney. Sure. If I, want to come. <laughs> I don't think we confronted Kazakov when we were talking to him, but I'm still... Why did he do that? Why would he why would he pose as a CIA agent if he's trying to get in on our good side? It might have been before the scare. Well, he from what I it was probably just business as usual, like Eamon said before the scare, before you know, everything. That's just what KGB agents do. I wouldn't read too much into it personally. Not not only that, I had that same bottle, Eamon. You and me had the same bottle. <laughs> Or a lot to like. Right, right here. Ah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no. Uh, I also think that he did that. He specifically targeted um, the British intelligence, and then passed on that information. This is just a guess. Um, and then passed that information on to the American side, to essentially as not goodwill, but just like I can do this. Because why would he give information to the American side from the British side? Why would a KGB agent do that? Because that's what happened. He took information from the British side, from Pamela, and then turned around and was like, hi, James Stewart, here's this information. My name is Adam. In return, he did get stuff from Jameson. Yeah, he, he did, yes. He's playing a game. He's playing, he's doing what the KGB would do. He's finding out information from both sides. Is he um, us? Is he, is he playing us? Is he trying to play both sides? That's well, He's defecting now because he discovered something that he, that he can't do anything about and he wants to escape. He wants to get out of, the, out of town before the whole place blows sky high. I'm sure that's the, the point. But uh, That's something that I want to bring he up. He was a KGB agent, so he was a spy. I know we're doing a lot of talking and a lot of doing, but I do want to bring this up. I don't think that Kazakov's information about the Black Brotherhood is good. What makes you say that? Because me personally, and you also know of several other brotherhoods. The Brotherhood of the Yellow Sign, the Brotherhood of the Skin, the Black Brotherhood, the Brotherhood of the Bloody Tongue. Well, we are talking Uh, about the Brotherhood of of the, the Black Brotherhood. The Black Brotherhood is the only one out of those that's purposefully looking to spread chaos. Uh, the others are after bizarre religious uh, power and, and stuff like that. They're not interested in killing everybody in, in the Middle East. I just, I don't, I think that, because, okay, let's say that the Black Brotherhood, we assume, the Black Brotherhood worships the same deity as uh, the Brotherhood of the Skin. It was mentioned last episode that uh, we can assume that the Black Brotherhood worships the Crawling Chaos 
Um, and as section 46, we know that the Brotherhood of the Skin worshipped an avatar of the Crawling Chaos. Okay. So then why would the Black Brotherhood then kill their own people and then blow up the town that they were based in? Also, how do they have the ability to use time dilation? Maybe they have like loose ends. Now we're done with them. It, it, it feels like you're... I'm not sure I'm making the same connections you are. It's just, it's not their MO to use time dilation and then, like, executing their own people who worship the same technical being. But, 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 but maybe they got a new manager. That, that, that's not what I'm thinking of as the Black Brotherhood. The Black Brotherhood is a terrorist group that's, that sends bombs into uh, innocent areas and just blows them up because they want to. It was mentioned last episode by, I believe, Matt, um, that that we can that our section forty six knowledge is that the Black Brotherhood uh, has connections and ties with the Crawling Chaos. That yes. there are some. So, okay, so Crawling Chaos is over here. Brotherhood of the Skin. We also know worshipped an avatar of the Crawling Chaos. Believed to be an avatar of the Crawling Chaos. Yes, but they were less interested in the chaos aspect of it. They were more interested in the power that they would gain as opposed to just wanting to spread chaos, which seems to be what the Black Brotherhood is interested in. But at the same time... ...political gain to to, to make. But at the same time, wouldn't it make more sense to use what remaining people are part of this lesser cult? Well, I'm not saying that you're you're wrong. I'm, I'm saying, I don't know. Um, I just think that because we also know that the Brotherhood of the Yellow Sign has been moseying on into town. As far as we know, they're just a, a theater group. Uh, and I kind of look off to the side and just kind of like bend my head back and forth and I say, sure. They're putting on a play. But. Well, we know of other dress up like vampires and pretend to be vampires. <laughs> but there are, like I said, there are other brotherhoods out there that would do harm to other people for the sake of doing harm. Uh, doesn't necessarily have to be the Black Brotherhood. I think. It, I think that that's kind of just like. I I also think that he assumed that Kazakov assumes Black Brotherhood because everyone knows the Black Brotherhood. They're a terrorist organization. Well, if all you're saying is that we need to keep an open mind, then let's keep an open mind. But yeah. so far our, our evidence seems to point towards the Black Brotherhood. So mm. well, I'm saying let's keep an open mind and, and find the evidence, which is what me and LeBeau, I grab LeBeau and grab him. Um are going to go look into the assassination. Lebeau doesn't like being grabbed and pulled from his... <laughs> yeah. That's why he's wearing that shirt that says, don't touch me. <laughs> so, I will go do that. I don't know if Lebeau wants to come with me and look into the assassination, but... Uh, sure. You guys are more than welcome to come with me if you guys don't have other plans. I'm going to do some recon and some 
weaving into the underground and figuring out what the fuck this is all about. Eamon and I are going to the whores. Uh, so what are the rest of you guys doing? Postgate wanted uh, to speak to... Postgate's going to uh, talk Maybe. to Suleiman. Suleiman. The universe. Yes. I mean, we don't all have to do it right away, but that, that's the plans of who's kind of interested in who as of right now, right? And then whatever Ian and Natalia were thinking of. I thought you guys wanted me to come with you. I was just, I was just an idea, but absolutely, you're welcome. Oh, to the uh, whorehouse? Yeah. I don't know. I, it depends on what guys we're actually going with. I mean, are we going in there as clientele? Or are we going in there as doctors? Well, the doctor idea might not work because we're male, and uh, they would have female. It's 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 odd the way. Well, it's modesty. It's basically it's modesty. She could be the doctor. We could be the assistant. Well, I don't know if that would get away with it though. Not sure that she'd you know show me your nuclear reactor. <laughs> you have to use, you have to use. I mean, I expect and maybe. I'm just putting it too broad here. I expect that you're all doctors. You all know lots of technical jargon. Uh oh, I you know I, do I might be way off base here. There are different kinds of doctor. Yeah, right. I know that much, but um, we could go in as clientele as well. Let me get this straight. Then you're splitting off and going into your different areas you want to investigate. You're not going to the consulate to inform uh, Leighton about. The nuke or the problem uh, the nuclear threat that's well, gonna wait that's what i'll take care of that okay gotcha we're, we're doing what you never should do we're splitting the party and we're that's, splitting that's, the party a lot. people can't go and talk to the old lady next door it just doesn't work <laughs> okay I'll, tr I'll try and resolve these as quick as possible then um okay. the brothel is the one that's going to take the longest okay i think we should chat about it on the side maybe a little bit anyway see exactly what we want to do so that's okay uh, I'll do the research then if you're uh, so that's Natalia and uh, Steve you're going to go to presumably a local library where you can get access to old newspaper reports and try and do some digging around the report of the murder yeah I'd like to begin with that and then figuring out who's who um, someone had to have investigated this and I'm thinking that we can connect this with the police force and talk to that detective. But uh, for now, I want. But for now, I want to just figure out who's who and then begin kind of working backwards, so to speak, just getting pieces. But I don't know about Natalia. Well, I had no no other plans. If these other gentlemen didn't want to uh, to go the doctor route, then. Fine, I can lend my my assistance as a uh, researcher. Yeah, you're you you know I'm shooty shooty bang bang blood everywhere screaming poisoning people assassinating people stabbing them in the jugular ripping them apart. Your books, so I'll let you handle books. Sure. Right. If you are heading to the library, then which sounds sounds like you are, um, library use rolls, please. Uh, that is a 54 out of 65. And so, 88. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's an unknown arm. It's not a match failure. 
Right. In which case then, um, yeah, Steve is looking through just reams of newspapers that just seem to all say the same thing. There's just this huge pile in front of you that you're just you're trying to wade through unsuccessfully. Uh, while Natalia uh, does find a news report from a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's not a particularly big article, but it does strike you as the um, the one you need because it does name the uh, the victims directly. It does state them by name. Um, you had husband and wife, uh, Nassim and Erwan Bardem, uh, lived in the kind of the downtown um, Bebeth area. Oh, not uh, not Bebeth. That's my bad. Um, Bailu. Right? Bailey area, so it's the the international quarter where you are. So they um, their actually their apartment wasn't very far from where you are. Uh, the reports confirmed that the couple were found um, what appeared to be tortured and then murdered in their apartment, and then the um, the apartment set ablaze afterwards. Hmm. There is no mention of specific details beyond that so things like map with a whole of where the city should be burnt on it that kind of information you are pretty certain is going to be with the police report um, okay. that's not the kind of deep level of detail they will go into in the news report but you do at least confirm that it was an event that did happen all right so i share that with you well why don't we um why don't we make our way to to the uh police and see if we can find out the uh, the actual location we can do a bit of digging that way yeah i was going to say does it, is there any name listed in the in the article natalia i've got nothing over here all these reams they all look the same to me <laughs> yeah i i show you the the article yeah any, there's any it's, a, it's a very small piece um it's not the kind of feature article where they're right. worried about putting the journalist's name on it it's more like a page 10 page 15 report it's, it's like a, barely a, a couple paragraph <laughs> it's a, a small paragraph what yeah. are you finding but yeah there is information to be gathered here though um in my time uh doing what i do i look at natalia which is the, these dead glossy eyes um you only torture somebody and then kill them if you need information i'm aware so they clearly got something and then, or they maybe have got, they got something, which means Kazakov may be in danger somewhat. Well, I, I knew the man was in danger the moment that he, he decided to speak against the uh, KGB. Yeah. He started asking questions and, and airing his, uh, his dissatisfaction the KGB aren't known to be, uh, you know, very nice and, and uh, reasonable people. I don't think I've ever met a nice Russian, and then I look at you. Um, I, I smile at that, but then I also say... Um, I, I don't. <laughs> you don't smile? Well, fuck you. Uh, uh, I, then, uh, I then say, you were sitting across from Kazakov, what's your feeling on him? All this information you guys are giving me is I still don't right. I think he's right there. So the man, here's the thing, the, the man knows that he, he fucked up. He knows that he shouldn't have said anything. Uh, he should have probably left 
and uh, left quietly. The problem here is that he, he brought, brought it to his superior's attention. Um, so he's extremely nervous. Um, he's trying to get out and he's trying to get protection. He's trying to use us for protection, I think. At least that's that's the the, the main gist. I think he's he's honest about his his feelings, but he's not telling us everything. Um, and mainly because I, I think he just doesn't he doesn't know who to really trust now, you know. Sure. Um, so yeah, um, I don't think he's going to survive. I don't think that we're going to be able to get at him out of here uh, alive. Most. But, most extractions do not go well. So I'm glad you're remaining realistic. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to say anything in front of him, but yeah. yeah. Um, the moment that he, he went to a superior and started complaining was the moment that he signed his, uh, his death warrant. Luckily, he's remaining. He's doing this, his, his normal stuff. So he, he has time left. We can still get stuff out of him. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I don't think he's going to make it to the West. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 All right. Go. Well, let's go then and, uh, and, and, and talk with the police. Let's, let's go. Robert, I think you're with us. I don't know. You were gone when we were deciding. Stop. <laughs> Get out of all the, the, the newspapers. Let's go. Wait up. Okay. And in which case, you hop in a car or taxi and you drive down the other side of the Golden Horn and go to the tourism police station. It's a very easy building to spot. It's a garish yellow color. Uh, it's about three stories tall. It's got a couple of balconies. It sticks out a bit like a sore thumb. You, you can't really miss it. It's also still open, so there are plenty of people going to and from. Um, we cut to you going into the main lobby. Uh, there's a big desk where there's a desk sergeant who kind of looks a bit like a gargoyle, really, uh, kind of hunched over, was scowling at most of the uh, the public uh, in front of him. There's, there's people which are coming forward with various cases. They're innumerably here because this is a tourism police station. They are all non-Turkish resident. So there's lots of different languages being flown around here, various people talking in small groups as different officers that are trained in different languages deal with different clusters. Uh, you have maybe a five, ten minute wait while you're waiting to get to, uh, to get to the front of the queue. And finally, the desk sergeant um, looks up at you. Um, tries, does a bit of sizing up and eventually says um, in... See, I haven't got dice near me. Um, he says in French to begin with. If anyone's got French. I have a ten. I don't know if that is... What's I don't know the, the levels. I think 10 is like basic. Yeah, 10 is very basic. I, I kind of treat 30, 35 as being conversational. Okay. So it's enough to at least get the gist of what he's saying. Um, okay. He's basically saying, um, how can I help you? <laughs> okay. I don't even want to try a, a French roll. Uh, I'm just going to say in English. Uh, I'm going to say... Uh, we're looking to speak with the lead investigator of a specific case. Uh, uh, he looks a little bit surprised, kind of breaking that kind of resting gargoyle face of his. Um, think, oh, uh, apologies. I thought you might be French. I'm normally a fairly good uh, judge of uh, judge of character. Uh, who is it you wish to speak to? Um, 
in Turkish, because I have relatively conversation. I have uh, I have conversational Turkish. Then, um, I say uh, we do not know. We don't know the name of the investigator that we're looking to speak with. However, we have the the specific specifics of the case. Mm-hmm. Um, things that weren't released in the press. Uh, we're, we're looking to uh, speak with them further and possibly do some uh, investigating. Uh-huh. And uh, and I say, we're from the consulate. I you say that... Hmm? I was just, uh, go ahead. Oh, I just, uh, uh, you want me to roll? No, I was gonna say, um, all he was gonna do was just raise an eyebrow at that, but I cut you off mid-sentence. Oh yeah, no. I'm just. Uh, I essentially say we're from the concept. We're just here to speak with the lead investigator. Um, mm-hmm. There may be some connections with uh, another string of uh, crimes. Basically, I'm just bullshitting out of my ass. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Give me a fast talk, Brolder. Oh, my fast talk's not very good. Oh! <laughs> I got a twenty. My fast talk's a twenty-five. Okay. So we're good. It's not. It's not great, but it's okay. Okay, he, he looks at you kind of blinking a little bit as you are, as I think you're fast-talking him. Uh, it's okay. Um, which, uh, which case is it then that you are looking into? Uh, the Bardem case, the one where they were tortured and then murdered in their home with a man and a wife. Uh, there would have been a, uh, a map on the table with, a, uh, with Istanbul uh, burned out, possibly with a cigarette. I literally give him like full detail of the crime mm. scene as given okay. to him by Kazakov. He he he's with you up until the point you say about a map. And that point, yeah, I think I know the I think I know who's looking after that. Um he turns round and basically calls over one of the kind of the beat cops and says, um, can you go get uh, uh Mahariji and bring him up here. Look and, at that. Exactly who I wanted to talk with. It's good, it's good to know that we, we uh, like I said, uh, you know, I felt like he was connected to this, as so did Ian in the chat. Given that, uh, given that Kazakov said he had been feeding him information about what the various different um, intelligence agencies were doing, and the guy hates the different agencies operating in his city, he has a pet police detective. He's going to pass the details on to his contact to get the guy get on the case. Okay, well, then we will not let him know, Natalia and Robert, that we are part of the CIA, which is why I did not say we're part of the CIA and pull rank. Mm-hmm. Bet you just said you were, part from the con- uh, you were from the consulate. We're looking into other crimes. Can I interrupt for a second? Yes, Robert. The, the information you're talking about with the Istanbul being burned out on the map, did we, didn't we gain that information while we were in visiting with the Dreamland stuff? No, that was from Kazakov. That was from um, Kazakov. Yeah, you're, you're mixing up uh, the globe. Yeah, the globe is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, there was the globe in the Dreamlands, and then Kazakov said that uh, his friend was assassinated, and he knows that the, the, he knows that it's in connection with a nuclear threat because Istanbul was burned out. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... Yeah. Two, two different maps with Istanbul encircled, but okay. yeah, but this one is in connection with a contact, and I know nothing, we know nothing about the contact with Kazakov. 
Um, only that he was the closest contact to Kazakov, and um, and I believe it was mentioned by by Kazakov. Matt, you can correct me if I'm wrong. That Bardem, the contact, believed the Black Brotherhood was behind it. He was the main kind of force behind believing it was the Black Brotherhood, right? Yes. Yeah, he, he'd intercepted a message which he believed was uh, going between uh, Brotherhood contacts that was saying that the bomb is going to be brought into Istanbul, put on the heart of Havana, and then going to be sent up the Bosphorus to Sevastopol, where there's a very large Soviet fleet, part of the Black Sea fleet, and blown up there. Yeah. But it was then when Kazakov went back to find him later, after having gone to report to his, um, to his superiors saying this, um, he went back to get more corroborating info, and that's when he found the bodies of the husband and wife and the map laid out on the husband with the hole burnt in the map over Istanbul. Thinking, um, which he believes is that is sending a message to say our plans have changed. We're now blowing this place up instead. Yeah. No matter which way you look at it, though, blowing up the Soviet Navy with a nuke makes it look like Americans blew it up. Blowing up Istanbul, where all the stockpile is, makes it look like the Russians blew it up. No matter what, someone's going to blame another person. But it seems as if these contacts are all interwoven. I'm wondering if they all know each other. The ones that actually know Kazakov's name. If Solomon knows the detective, if the detective knows the prostitute, and the prostitute knows Solomon. I'm wondering if they, if those three know each other. Pamela and Stuart may not know each other, but these three may actually know. That's just a thought. I know that I'm tossing around a lot of names. <laughs> And do we know approximately the time period of Nassim and Erdogan's uh, murder? Was that recent? Yeah, about two weeks ago. Two weeks. Which Rabaruni um, and Natalia? Um, it's it, it. The timeline consists with the assassination of what's his nuts i can't remember the professor's name that died a professor of istanbul at uh, the university of istanbul what was his Herzi, name Yilmaz. yes the timeline is is there i don't know if it connects but these people uh, were assassinated hers it was killed a year ago hers it was killed a year ago i don't know why i have it in my notes that he was killed sooner than that but so the time scratch that um, I'll go ahead and change my notes for right now to reflect that. But yeah, um, let's see what the detective has to say. We can we can stand here and wait while other people do their stuff, though, if that's okay with 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 everybody, because I know that we're taking up a lot of time. Yeah, sure. If you want to, uh, if you want to move on to someone else, I'm happy there. I want to give everyone time to do their thing. I don't know about everybody else. I don't know about uh, Robert and Natalia. I don't know yeah. if they want to just hog all this, the limelight. <laughs> okay, well, we'll move on then to the next one. So, Ian and Eamon, uh, you both going to the consulate? Or was Eamon going... Oh, no, Eamon was going to the brothel, wasn't he? Yeah, mm -hmm. so it's just someone, someone on his own. Yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, we'll, some of this can be done fa uh, fairly quickly. Um, yeah. You, you I don't think there's a need to rehash everything i just wanted this pin put in place where i've talked to 
uh, Clayton, you know, we've, uh, you know, we've basically done our due diligence in reporting it, brought it to their attention, I's are dotted, T's are crossed, you know, maybe there's a heightened sense of alert. Uh, they're also looking at the heart of Havana. They're, uh, you know, this is, it's too, it's too big and too wide of a net for us to handle, but, uh, they need to be in the loop on this in case something happens further down the road. We need to uh, have, uh, you know, culpable deniability. Gotcha. Okay. In which case, he he is very much on your side, thinking that yeah, you, you've done exactly the right thing. Obviously, I'll very much hope that if you had got this info, you'd come straight to me like you have. Um, he is very pro getting SIS on board, so getting the. Um, the Brits on board for this, because if it is going to be this big, he wants as many potential allies working on this as possible. He asks, first of all, though, your thoughts on that before he makes any phone calls. Uh, I'm also going to bring to his attention the compromise, the, the British consulate person and the person here actually at the US consul that have been compromised and to make sure that they know about that so internal affairs can get involved. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know if, uh, if they get the SIS involved, if, if they avoid this person or if this is a person now of special interest and they bring them in you know, for further investigation or interrogation. But uh, I think that uh, as we were talking earlier, we're kind of siloing what we're working on for Section 43 and what we're working on for the CIA. The CIA is very cut and dry, reality-based, intelligent work, intelligence work where this is what they do, mm -hmm. right? The, the Section 46 stuff, that's, you know, I avoid any and all, even a whiff of that. I just it very... Uh, you know, I've been with the company for a million years, so I know kind of how to fill out the paperwork and, and steer them, kind of pull them by the nose which way I need them to go uh, to get something accomplished. Mm -hmm. okay. When you bring up the likes of Jameson and Courtney, um, Leighton gets very uncomfortable. Um, he looks at you once you've, say, given your the detailed explanation on them and says you realize what kind of position this puts us in on both sides of the fence we've got a high-ranking lawyer mm -hmm. in the consulate we're going to be turning around to the consulate general and basically saying by the way one of your most trusted lawyers is a, a potentially a KGB um, leak right he already doesn't like us. That is going to make him go fucking ballistic. It's, that's that is a minefield, and I don't want to go anywhere near that. Well, as station chief, that's your call. Yeah, I've I'm done. Not... I've done my due diligence by bringing it to your attention. I'm. I'll say now for for the record between us, at least. Uh, yeah, I'm not touching that shit. Uh, that is most certainly that ball is in your court and is staying there. Um, if you do anything to uh, to contact him and verify that he is um, that he is compromised, under no circumstances do you do that in the consulate, because I do not want uh, the consulate, say the consulate general 
coming down and then ripping me a new one or several. Do, I, do you get do you get me there? Oh, I I understand you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've, I've got no problem with you doing um bring at least talking to him, but you do it where you have where you make sure the consulate general does not find out. So you just intend on sitting on it. No, I'm not, I'm not sitting on it at all. I'm passing it to you and saying, deal with it, but not and under any circumstance in this building. Mm-hmm. And likewise, the same will go if you do uh, go and talk to Courtney, because she is the, um, the, the direct secretary for Alcott, their, their, consulate, uh, their consulate general. So the guy has picked various uh, people in very, very sensitive positions and making it somewhat difficult for us to verify, which should hardly be a surprise, but yeah, be very, very careful when you're dealing with these people. Well, that's what Starbucks are for, right? (laughs) He just chuckled. So how's Miss Bennett these days? Uh, She's, she's okay, at least. did you follow up the information I gave you? Yes, yes, we went to the uh, went to the site and had um, and had a look. Yeah. Um, so your fears are allayed that she isn't involved in anything beyond mourning. Given it's a fair while ago, though, my concern would more likely be now. I want to try and get her psych evaluated. Understandable. I just wanted to help out where I could, but I, I wanted to make sure that uh, it wasn't any, like you said, I wanted to make sure it wasn't anything more. It really just seems very, uh, uh, it's not, it, you know, yeah, normal. Yeah. Normal grieving process, you know, maybe a little bit too connected. Maybe it's time for her to go back stateside. I don't know. Well, seeing Seeing a kid get killed in that fashion, it's, it's surprising it got to us as, as much as it did, but hey, shit happens. But anyway, um, I will leave you to uh, whatever it is you need to do now, really. Be seeing you. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> I, um, he prob- he's actually probably going to start um, tidying up and getting ready to leave the office himself. Um, as you head outside, so unless you're planning on doing anything else inside the consulate while you're there? No, not at this time. Okay. Um, as you walk out, you see a fairly nice uh, Bentley, which is parked up outside the main entrance. Um, the door opens and a familiar face gets out. Um, Donaldson, who's the head of SIS. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks around and then looks over to you and just uh, gestures for you to come over to uh, come over to him. I walk over, shake his hand. How are you doing? The usual pleasantries. Not bad, not bad. It's a uh, yeah, fairly, fairly good evening. Uh, he's looking around mainly. Uh, it seems the scanning the rest of the crowd of various people coming out of the um, coming out of the building as the various offices are starting to shut. Mm-hmm. Is it is it just you that's around at the moment? Just me. Disappointed. No, relieved. I don't have to worry about talking about um, having conversations about ball of twine. Um, would you like to? <laughs> uh, would you like to accompany me on? Or can I give you a lift home? 
Sure. I'll always take a good ride in a nice car, air conditioned. Oh, yes. Not like the, the, uh, the traditional uh, British air conditioning where it's just a doorstop. Or it's 450 air conditioning, roll down four windows and go 50 miles an hour. Indeed. <laughs> Getting up to that speed in these roads would be a fine thing. Mm. But I mean, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you a lift wherever you're going if you'd like to hear me out on something. Sure. Just back to the hotel. I'll, I'm always listening. Okay. Yep. In which case, he, he opens the door for you to clamber into the, bam, into the back seat. Again, nice plush interior. Um, so there are there is a drinks cabinet which is full this time. Excellent. I'll partake. Uh, yeah, he, he pretty much he gestures to it before uh, before diving in himself. Um, he sits back with a uh, with a bottle, uh, with a large glass of scotch and says, "We've got a little bit of a problem, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping that someone such as yourself, with a degree of removal from the situation, might." be able to help. I'm reluctant to use my own agency here, but with our particular uh, particular relationship between the two nations, I'm hoping this might be something you'd be willing to um, consider if you have the time. I'm listening. Something rather odd happened, I think, to our our consul. you may have come across him already, um, Wesley Alcott. Have I met Alcott before, or have we been? You've not met him, but you have heard the name because this is the person that Pamela is the secretary to. Yes, I remember. I remember in that context. I just didn't know if prior to uh, Clayton mentioning it, I you know my assumption is I know everybody in the city at a, at a ten thousand foot view. Yeah, you know, you know him by reputation, but you haven't physically met him yet. Correct. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, something odd happened to him. Um, this is going back a few months now, about six months. Um, it's a story that um, has reached me from his one of his drivers. He only imparted a little bit of information to me. But... I think something spooked our, um, our friend Alcott. Mm-hmm. Whatever spooked him has then immediately necessitated a very, how should I put this, a very pointed interest into our activities in the city. Mm-hmm. That previously he's just let us operate in the consulate general without any issues, right. without any involvement. I mean, he's, he's an old spy himself. He used to be a um, member of the SOE. Uh, but basically he was, he's retired and he's living the life of comfort and he's very hands-off right now. Oh, he's, he's far from retired, but he is definitely um, out of the espionage game. That's the main Right, thing. that's what I mean, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But very recently, he has taken a very pointed interest and he's been directing us to various, uh, what we believe were Soviet interests. So companies that have obviously got contacts with the Soviet Union, uh, trade delegations that come into town, the works. And I have a feeling it's like throwing multiple, just throwing handfuls of darts at a dartboard and hoping that one of the darts hits, um, hits its in- intended target. 
I'm wondering if you are able to find out exactly what he's looking for. Because if I go to him, then worst case scenario is he's just going to have me reassigned. He's going to contact Whitehall um, or contact Century House and get them to pull me back home saying you're being problematic, you're questioning orders, leave. I'd rather get someone in that can do the job without, um, without that kind of question. Whereas if it comes from someone like yourself, he hasn't got that authority to do that. So if you're able to do some digging and find out exactly what the hell spooked him and what's, necess what's prompted these interests and directing of our activities, I'd be most grateful. Is there someone I could start with a little bit lower on the food chain? As uh, I don't want to start with Alcott because that will spook him. I, I don't. I, I think that we need to start a little bit lower, lay out the groundwork, see what exactly he's been asking, and see if we can find a pattern to it. See if it matches something else that we're working on or you're working on. You know, it may be legit requests. But like you said, if he's just throwing darts all over the place, hoping that one hits the bullseye, uh, I mean, I, I don't want to go on a, a fishing trip more than, any, more than anybody else, right? Mm -hmm. Is there somebody else that's near him that I could talk to and possibly get inf background information on before I reach out to Alcott himself? I, I would start with his driver because that's where I got these uh, these whispers and rumours from in the first place. Um, he was reluctant to speak to me again because of the connection that's sure. there. But again, with someone with your outside influence or outside connection may get his tongue moving a bit more. So you want to have a word with a man by the name of Jeffrey Smith. Mm -hmm. So he works at the um, he works at the consulate pretty much on a permanent basis. Um, he's obviously not permanently on the road, so he is most of the time you'll be able to find him there, or at least arrange a meeting with him there. That's I'll take I'll take a look. I don't know how much time I can devote to this, but no. I'll be I'll be glad to put out some feelers and have an initial consult with Jeffrey and uh, see if see if anything passes the the, the see what passes the smell test. And we'll go from there. No problem. Any help is appreciated. Yeah. I may call on you and need some help myself. So I don't mind, you know, turnabout's fair play, right? Quid pro quo. Yeah. Okay. And we will leave that scene there. Right. Um, next. Uh, probably going to deal with postgate next because say the uh, the brothel we will be able to start but unless unless people want, um, are happy enough overrunning by a little bit because to say that the brothel could be a good cliffhanger if you want that yeah um, that's fine i'm okay it might take a while so i'm, I'm okay there's, leaving there's, leaving it if we need to come back to it and yeah but the whole thing would be would take quite a while but there is a definite point where i think i can end it that would be a uh, that'll be a good setup for next time okay sure Okay, so we'll jump to Postgate then before we go to the brothel. So you're heading to the Bosphorus, uh, the, not the Bos, yeah, the Bosphorus University, the one yes, where, that's uh, right. uh, where Ekmechi is based. That's right. It's, it's going to be early evening by the time you get there. Um, give me a luck roll to see if Vahidi is still there. 98. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
So that's quite well, lucky. <laughs> she is actually dead. What a good yeah. <laughs> She has just actually been hit wrong. by a bus while walking in your direction. That was that was just in case anyone is wondering whether um, I fake my dice rolls. The answer is obviously not. <laughs> as you as you walk across the street, your red tie gets caught in a bus and it. You <laughs> buses everywhere. Buses. It's going to cause an interesting um, conversation, though. But yeah, okay. Um, you arrive. Uh, the Boston University say is a uh, mostly Americanized institution, so everyone there uh, speaks English by default. Um, you are directed. Um, because Vahini works with, uh, well, he's closely with Ekmechi. Um, is it um, specifically her you're looking to see, or is it Ekmechi primarily? I'm primarily looking to see Ekmechi. Okay. In which case, then, he, he is definitely there, but she is not. Okay. Well, I will um, make my way to his office. Mm -hmm. With, with that um, quite abysmal luck roll, though, uh, something will happen when you get there. Um, you, you knock on his door, and there's a quite surprised um, come in from inside. And you, you open the door and head in. Yes, yes. Yeah, um, his office is pretty meticulous. It's very ordered, almost to the point of being OCD, that everything is exactly where it should be and needs to be. Lined up with the edge of the desks, all the books are um, completely straight up, um, bookmarks to each side. It's spotless, there's no dust. But he looks at you with a degree of surprise. And his, his mouth is partially open, catching flies as he's looking at you. Um, I'm going to uh, check that my trousers are done up. <laughs> no, they, they certainly are. <laughs> right, sorry. I'm just, I'm making me very paranoid now about that luck rule. Um, <clears throat> I think it's time we had a little chat, you and I. Yes. Why are you here? Uh, well, you were right. If I was right, I would have seen that you were coming. Why are you here now, and why haven't I seen it? What do you mean, seen it? I think that you know what I mean, because there's only one way that you'd be able to avoid me knowing that. I think you need to sit down. Well, that was my intention anyway. That's... <laughs> I'll, I will just sit down. <laughs> <laughs> now, you knew that you were going to come up on our radar. Yes. Presumably, as a result of that, um, you have something to offer me in order to refrain from uh, reporting that fact to my higher-ups. I'm not interested what you report to any of your mundane intelligence services and the mundane mortal authorities it's evident now that you are far more involved in this than i thought you previously were i could see you in the time stream then and i can't now why um are you perfectly all right professor uh, i am maybe gonna have to resort something give me one second <laughs> mm -hmm. 
he just flex, uh, brings up both of his hands and puts them on the table like this one fist and a hand grasping around the other. I think you can cut the crap. Tell me how you're cloaked. I honestly have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. Um, could you give me a fast talk roll and make it a good one? Ooh, some intensity. <laughs> no pressure, no pressure, no pressure. My fast talk is base. Oh. Okay. 56 out of five. Oh, okay, so quite, quite a failure. <laughs> um, his psychology isn't brilliant. Spend the luck. <laughs> Maybe not I, I push it, push it, push the roll. Luck. Push it, it's okay. Nothing will happen. <laughs> Nothing worse will happen. Okay, um, he actually rolled worse than you did on his psychology. So, <laughs> there's a bit of a, there is this moment where the two of you are, are looking at each other across the table. And then he just slowly starts to, uh, to pull his hand away from his fist and his fist unclenches and just puts them both down on the edge of the table. I'm going to mirror him. <laughs> <laughs> because I've I've been trained to know that that puts people at their ease. Postgate's <laughs> uh, been studying pickup artist work. So, you 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 came and you found me. And you warned me of this very eventuality. So I then come here to tell you that you were right. And to ask you what you now expect to occur between us as a result of what you predicted happening, having happened. And you appear to be on LSD. <laughs> he does chuckle at that. I was under the impression that we would be meeting under somewhat different circumstance when I would be having a discussion with a certain MIT agent who I've been working with. Um, this conversation was going to be happening not with yourself, but with uh, you and various other uh, representatives of uh, the US government. I was apparently misinformed. And he just smiles with this wide, what the fuck kind of smile across his face. I'm still not sure that I understand this, Professor. I, I think I understand part of this conversation. It seems evident that you maybe don't. And he just shakes his head. Well, um, I'll, uh, I'll look anxiously around the room. Um, I, 
if, well, if there's nothing you've got to add. Well, like I said, I think this conversation was going to be happening under different circumstance. Um, I can give you the potted history as to how I thought it was going to go. I thought you were going to turn up, you were going to um, say that you wished to speak to myself in regards to a certain Soviet agent who you want to ascertain whether he is truthful in his wanting to defect or not. Um, this agent is of particular interest and an asset to MIT. MIT would not want that, um, that asset to be, let's say, leaving town before they have dealt with various issues themselves. Um, mainly connected with the student activism that this individual seems to be promoting and that you would be politely told to get out or get off our turf. That's what I, um, I believed was going to happen. Um, I am very, very surprised that you have turned up on my door now. Well, you know, I mean... <sighs> It was a spur-of-the-moment thing. But um, since you uh, bring up this um, particular asset, um, do you think it would still be the case that uh, MIT would react uh, so negatively? You don't I... think perhaps the, the, the asset has, uh, has lost its viability locally as a result of its activities? To be honest, I don't care what the hell happens to Kazakov now because it seems like I've got to, re um, to readjust my schedule. Um, I, I'm still left perplexed as to why you've turned up here. I'm going to ask you a question and I want you to answer, uh, I'd like you to answer it truthfully. I'll do my best. <laughs> oh, trust me, I know you will. Uh, he opens his eyes wide at you as he stares intently, and his voice almost seems to take on a booming, resonant quality as he uh, says, tell me who cloaked you. Can I have an opposed power roll, please? Okay, is that an old one I can see? That's a that's a one. <laughs> ah, okay. I'll, I'll roll it and see what happens. <laughs> and I, I doubt I can lift my uh, thing up enough an angle to get uh, to get it on the camera. You're one end of the bell curve. I'm the other. Ninety-eight. So he's. Um, his dominate spell does fuck all, <laughs> and you, you are—you feel that for a second that he—it's almost as if his will is is being exerted upon yours. That he is forcibly oh, trying to get you to obey his command. Oh, I'll, well, in that case, I'll sort of stare into space for a moment <laughs> and then say, "I don't know what you're talking about." You can see he kind of grits his teeth, says, then that's all we need to sort of talk about. Well, um, this has been fun. Yes. 
We must do it again sometime. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Give give my regards to your 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 friend when you see her. Yes, uh, that that I will. And um, I'm going to uh, leave, mm -hmm. having I think completely wasted my time, and narrowly escaping being murdered. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, you well, you certainly pissed off a very powerful individual. But yes. That okay. was a, that was a very confusing conversation. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, um, you can, um, if you want a bit of insight into that, you can give me an intelligence roll as you leave. Oh, please, God, make it. Well, unperplex okay. us, unperplex us. Yeah, can we all do that? <laughs> yes. First, I think the sleep deprivation is kicking in. I could explain it, but... <laughs> that is... Oh, we've had enough of you tonight. You just... 20 out of 80. So that's... Um, it's a hard, it's not quite an extreme, but it's a hard. You got the hint last time that it was weird how he seemed to know that you were going to cross paths with him. He knew when you were going to be at the apartment and when you were going to be awake. He turned up at exactly the right time, as if he could foresee it. Oh, yes. I mean, he's absolutely made it clear what, what he's up to mm -hmm. in terms of this conversation, that, mm -hmm. that he has this... Well, he's obviously using some form of magic. Mm -hmm. But... He had said, the reason why he was surprised is that he had looked to the future and seen when would the next point in time be that he met with you. And that's the scene he described. He was thinking that you were going to be meeting with the rest of your team, coming to him when he had Barris there, and that you would then have that scene as it unfolded, as he described. You turned up at a point that he had not foreseen which means that he knows uh, that he has jumped to the, con or he's made the conclusion that you are cloaked. That's why he couldn't see you. Aha. So, which means that he has a gift, he has a gift that's pretty much doing exactly the same thing that the, um, the uh, disciples of the Tesseract have. Hmm. And, and utilizing time rather than divination. Exactly. So the divination would not be affected by the, the cloak. Mm -hmm. um, so whether this means he is part of the uh, Order of the Tesseract. They, they said there are only the three members left. And some other, maybe an independent or the other side, the one that's been uh, the one that's been trying to take everybody out. Yes. Yes. On that note, as you're leaving the uh, university, then we'll leave you pondering. And for a couple of minutes, we will, uh, well, a few minutes, we will skip back to the gr uh, the guys going over to the brothel. So, getting down to the Glatter Bridge is not difficult. Um, it's a main thoroughfare through Bearloo. And then this row of um, large apartment complexes with a wonderful view over the Golden Horn looking south. Um, there are people that are fishing in the river and there's lots of seats um, and areas to do so going down, uh, going down the wharf. 
there's plenty of places where uh, small boats can pull up to here as well. Uh, there's tourists going around taking photos. It's quite a populated area. Um, the apartment blocks themselves are private residency. Um, they're not like hotels. Um, so it's you know, a buzzer entrance or key to get in. So people aren't really going near them. They're mainly staying, to, uh, staying towards the river. But you, with your um, direction, you know which one to go to. Um, it looks like any other apartment block around here. Okay. Um, there's a buzzer by the front door. Well, before that, uh, Eamon and I have dressed down. Um, <laughs> I noticed I the lack of the, uh, the lab coat. <laughs> I have purchased a very nice bottle of Kula Brocky. And uh, spilled a little of it on both of us so that it looks like we've been drinking. And uh, uh, we're sort of hanging on each other. We go up and knock and buzz the buzzer. Okay. Yeah, there's a, um, you, you hear the buzz inside. And then there's a few moments um, before you do hear movement inside. And then an interior door opens and there's a set of footsteps and a lady opens the um, opens the door that you remember how i described um in fact you had stanton who evidently dressed um younger than uh, younger than her years mm -hmm. um, amplify that okay. um this is a lady that is evidently um in probably her mid 50s you think um, she is dressed very much like she's um, in her teens. It's oh. it's a bit garish yeah. um, on first impression. Um, her hair is a little uh, ruffled, but she looks at you with a, um, a well-practiced uh, greeting. Uh, hello. There's a first class. And I, I sort of lean forward. I'm like, my friend here uh, wants to get laid. You heard, oh. heard that this is the place to be, huh? Oh, shy, it's both of us. You're going to get at your dog, you. Uh, Are you I'm, speaking I'm English or Turkish? Turkish. Right. Yeah. Oh, then I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> just, uh, we're from, we're from uh, the United States, and we're tourists. And uh, as you can see by our dressed-down clothing and... Uh, I say, uh, uh, you come highly recommended. Are you uh, Saduka? Whatever he's saying, I agree with him 100%. <laughs> uh, she just looks at you for a second. It's when you say, you come highly recommended. You, it's definitely, you've, you've stroked the ego. Ooh. <laughs> oh, just, just in time. <laughs> I grabbed the bottle. I'm just, I'm going to. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. She's she's quite happy when you say that you come highly recommended. You're, you're stroking her ego, and then you say, um, "Sadika," and then you you can almost see the hope to drain from her. Oh. Oh, so you not you don't mean me then? Oh, you're you're, you're not so oh, bad yeah. yourself. I stroke her face. Yeah, not so bad at all. Okay. Yeah. She um her ego starts to rise again. <laughs> um, I said, well, I like you. You, you come in, come in, come in. She gestures to both of you and puts an arm round, uh, an arm round Eamon. Well, we've we've got plenty of um, plenty of girls here. She says as she um, shuts the door. 
from your vantage point here, you're in a effectively a stairwell. Um, ahead of you, you've got a narrow corridor which goes along the staircase. The staircase rises to your left. Um, there's a door underneath the staircase which then goes to presumably the likes of a um, a, a cupboard. It doesn't look like a particularly big um, big door. Can I have a spot hidden roll while you're there? That's where Harry Potter stays. <laughs> Um, I got a 28 out of, I got 45 out of 75. So it's not a, not a hard, just a regular. Okay. Both, both of you got regular by the sound of it then. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, the odd thing about that door is that there's a bell above it. So you definitely have to stoop under, um, stoop under to get in it, but it's not the bell connected with the front door. Cause it's definitely, you heard a buzzer. That's why it stands out. It's a little, it's a little odd. Um, you don't mean like a bell is hanging there. You mean that it's got a a, a buzzer or no? It's, it's a bell. It's yeah. got a clangor. It's hanging off off the wall, so it would ding a ling a ling a ling a ling a ling. All right, all right. If you if you open the door, it would ring the bell. Uh, it's it's above the door, so it's not that it would hit the bell. It's just oh, positioned it's right above it. Probably, yeah, probably, that so that if they get raided, they can ring the bell when everybody goes out and secret passages or whatever to get that. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, there is a thin string which goes into the wall so it looks like it's definitely it can be rung from somewhere else it can be set mm -hmm. on uh, the stair rises to the left narrow corridor then goes along past the door to the farm um, to what looks to be a back room where you can see an edge of a round table and a group of uh, people in suits uh, kind of black shirt uh, white shirt rather black tie black trousers jackets slung over the chair behind them and evidently carrying um, shoulder holsters because you can see guns in a couple of the people that you can see in their in their holsters mm. uh, they seem to be playing poker in the back back room and then off to your right is what you think would be the ground floor living room if this was a big central apart um, the big ground floor apartment um, there are large pillows over the floor and you can see that there are as i say girls in various uh, ranges of age anywhere from between risking being pre-teen all the way up to uh, their mid-30s so the very the very young to the the, the age you would expect well my friend here Malachi, he was told, uh, we, we've been, we've been, we heard about Saduka and he's really interested. I'm honestly not that interested, but, uh, you know, my friend oh, wants yeah. to get laid. Um, I got, I got some money to spend. Uh, I might uh, find myself taking a run at the buffet, but I have heard that she'd be a good appetizer to start with. And I'll, <laughs> uh, I'll just, I'll sit out here and talk with you or. Who's in charge? Oh, that'd be me. Oh, rats! I was hoping it would be Abdullah, but uh. I, I, I elbow, I elbow my friend, and I'm like, right, she's right up here, right there. All right. <laughs> well, if you want to share some of this delicious rocky. Oh, oh yes, I'd never say, never say no to wine. Uh, she uh, reaches up and strokes down, uh, strokes down the side of your face. Just call me down. I, I should mention that I probably have about five hundred bucks in my wallet. Okay, Sorry. that's that's a lot for here. Yeah, I'm hoping not to spend the whole damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> but she she has a look through your she has a look through your um as you presume you bring the wad out and start flicking and handing notes over. How much uh, what is how much is going to cost me? 
Well, us. us. Remember, you're trading tonight. Remember us. Yeah, yeah. And I, 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 I put my hand, I extend my hand to her, and you said Dama? Dama. Okay, Dama. I say, I say uh, Jacob Marsh at your uh, service. <laughs> she, uh, she smiles. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, by the time she, you get around to price and conversion and so on, it works out at about $50 to go see, um, to go see um, our app upstairs. Um, if you want to sit and talk with her and talk with any of any of the other girls down here, uh, that's fifteen. I'll sit and talk with you. Okay. In which case, she um, leads you. Th- uh, she first of all leads you through into the uh, from um, into the living room where all the other girls are, and uh, directs you to a very nice plush couch. And says, "Yeah, if you want to uh, sit there for a second while I take your friend upstairs, and then I'll, uh, we can come back down and have a have a little chat." Have fun, Malachi. Hi. I don't even know what to say to me. I'm sure I will. <laughs> now, the key is, you have a good time, too. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, you're, you're sat in the, in, the living, um, in the living room area, so there's about a, about a dozen or so other girls here. Um, they're not all paying attention to you. Uh, some of them are quite happy talking, uh, talking to themselves. Uh, mainly the younger ones are off uh, kind of keeping t- uh, keeping together uh, they seem to be quite happy uh, they seem to be quite um, quite not laughable but um, they're having a chuckle at whatever it is they're talking about but they're keeping a relative a relatively hushed tone um, the other girls are almost seeming to uh, come round you and offer various services like what would you like uh, what would you like to do would you like to talk would you like to do X would you like to do y Z? I would like a small glass for my Rocky. Oh, yes. Uh, one of them gets up, uh, displaying various of her assets as she then goes out towards the kitchen. Uh, she goes out towards that room where they uh, where the guys are playing poker in the back. Uh, as Eamon is being led upstairs, you are being taken up to the very top floor uh, and taken to a room that overlooks the front of the building. Um, He's, she, he's oh, got his gun, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, both of them. Yeah. <laughs> you are um, led up to the door. She unlocks it from the outside and then opens the door into, um, leading into the room. It's a relatively um, plushly furnished room. There's lots of silk here. There's lots of, um, again, lots of pillows, lots of light. There's a nice... Um, Got a Tiffany bedside lamp that casts the room into uh, multiple colours, and laying on this uh, silk bed um, is this quite, quite nice, quite gorgeous uh, young lady. Um, in we think probably no later than her early thirties. Yeah, she's got long, long hair that flows uh, flows over her back. And she's wearing a pretty much see-through dress. It's beside almost any point, um, any point in her wearing anything. Um, she just props her head up um, with one arm as she leans on the bed and then strokes the sheets with the other. Um, Damla then says, well, um, I didn't catch your name, sorry. The you're, sound's gone. You're muted. Oh, oh, Malachi. Malachi, that was it. Malachi, uh, meets um, meets our prized asset here. <laughs> yes, um, meet Miss Arap. 
I will um, leave you to to get on like a house on. Before she finishes the sentence, the bell downstairs rings. Um, Jacoby will hear that from out in the cor uh, from being that it's just across the corridor. Um, she stops almost like a like she's frozen like a statue for a second. Says, "Excuse me, I have some business to attend to, but please feel uh, feel free. Um, enjoy your evening." Thank you. Um, thank you. She turns and starts heading down the stairs. Um, Arup goes to close the um, goes to close the door behind you, and lean up against it with a big wide smile on her face, and says, "Got stroking a finger down uh, down your chest." So you're you're from out of town, yes? Hi, I'm from America, but I am 100% Irish. Ah, you, you've got a uh, a lot of money to spend, a lot of money with you. I've got quite a bit, yes. The smile instantly drops from her face and you can just see wide um, fear for her life, terror in her eyes. She grabs you by the shoulder and says, <laughs> get me out of here now, there's terrible things happening here, terrible! And we'll leave it at that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Holy mackerel. Such mackerel. a range of emotions. Really? Mackerel? <laughs> <laughs> Something's fishing here. <laughs> All right. Our players for uh, our players included Jeff Wilkins, Bill Mize, Lucas Glasshauer, Mix One, Wayne Worthy, Thomas McKeon, and myself with Matthew Sanderson as the keeper of the secrets. We're currently producing four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to become a patron, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel for updates on our latest shows, and leave us some comments. We like reading them. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming. 